The epistle for the third Sunday after Epiphany is taken from St. Paul's epistle to the Romans, the twelfth chapter. Brethren, be not wise in your own conceits, to no man rendering evil for evil, providing good things not only in the sight of God, but also in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as in you, having peace with all men, not revenging yourselves, my dearly beloved, but give place unto wrath, for it is written, Revenge is mine, and I will repay, saith the Lord. But if thy enemy be hungry, give him to eat. If he thirst, give him to drink. For doing this, thou shalt heap coals of fire upon his head. Be not overcome by evil, but overcome evil by good. And the Holy Gospel is taken from the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 8. At that time, when Jesus was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him, and behold, a leper came and endured him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And Jesus, stretching forth his hand, touched him, saying, I will, be thou made clean. And forthwith his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus saith to him, See thou tell no man, but go show thyself to the priest, and offer the gift which Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. And when he had entered into Capernaum, there came to him a centurion beseeching him and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home, sick of the palsy, and is grievously tormented. And Jesus saith to him, I will come and heal him. And the centurion making answer said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldst enter under my roof, but only say the word, and my servants shall be healed. For I am also a man subject to authority, having under me soldiers. And I say to this man, Go, and he goeth, and to another, Come, and he cometh. And to my servant, Do this, and he doeth it. And Jesus, hearing this, marveled, and said to them that followed him, Amen, I say to you, I have not found so great faith in Israel. And I say to you that many shall come from the east and the west and shall sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the children of the kingdom shall be cast out into the exterior darkness. There shall be the weeping and gnashing of teeth. And Jesus said to the centurion, Go, and as thou hast believed, so be it done to thee. And the servant was healed at that same hour. Thus far the words of today's Holy Gospel. I have not found such great faith in Israel. Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go your way, as you have believed, so be it done to you. Words taken from the Gospel of today's Mass in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. My dear friends, in about the year 316 A.D., the Eastern Emperor went against his standing agreement that he had with Constantine, who was ruling Rome in the West. And this emperor named Licinius started to persecute and attack the Christians. Like most of his pagan predecessors, he claimed that he was God. And he went so far as to order everyone in the realm to worship him. He compelled even his soldiers and his generals to offer incense to him. And this command was given to a group of 40 Catholic soldiers who had recently converted. And they were amongst the first who refused to blaspheme God and offer this incense to the emperor. Like all haughty and proud men, though, Licinius was enraged by this opposition and he immediately ordered these 40 soldiers to be frozen to death on a pond in the middle of the winter. 
They had to stand there with very little clothing in the middle of a frozen pond all night. These brave and courageous soldiers immediately fulfilled their death sentence. But sadly, one of the soldiers could not endure the suffering, so he denied his faith. He left the pond and he went over and offered incense to Licinius. However, he quickly received an eternal sentence upon his infidelity. For you see, as soon as he left that freezing cold pond, made his way over to the table with the incense, and then over to some warm baths that had been prepared as a temptation to the soldiers to try to show them what they could have if they would just offer incense to the emperor. Well, the shock was too much for his weak body. He was weak in his faith, weak in his character, and his body was not strong either. For as soon as he went from that freezing cold pond to the warm baths, he died instantly from the shock. And thus, rather than staying firm with his other fellow soldiers and receiving the crown of martyrdom, he went to his death immediately after having become once again a pagan and an enemy to God. But it seemed that night that God had deemed that 40 men would show witness to him. And so, as the night progressed, the actual general himself, who was the one who had given the order to freeze these men to death, he saw the strength, the courage, and the fortitude in his men, standing there succumbing to the cold, but not giving up their faith in God. He then took off all of his military regalia. He threw down his helmet, which at that time was a great sign of his authority. And he went out onto that pond to die with his men in defense of the faith of Christ and against Licinius, the pagan idolater. Thus it was that that night, 40 souls went straight to heaven in defense of the Catholic faith and showing the greatest manly courage and perseverance in succumbing to this type of martyrdom. Now, since Christmas, the Gospels have recorded for us all the events of our Lord's early life. We have read through his presentation in the temple, the coming of the Magi. Last week, we read about his first public miracle at Cana, But then today, we skip over almost an entire year of our Lord's public life. We go right past the Sermon on the Mount, and we hear the healing of a leper and that well-known story of the centurion, which the priest repeats at every single Mass, just as he's about to distribute Holy Communion to the people. We might ask ourselves, why does Holy Mother the Church do this? Why does she jump over an entire year of our Lord's life? Well, the reason for this is that today, when our Lord cured the leper, that was actually the first cure of his public life. He had performed other miracles, but that man was the first one who was cured from an ailment. And what the church is trying to show us since the time of Christmas, and since we are still in the Christmas season, is the importance of faith in the practice of our Catholic religion. Faith is the virtue which helps us to believe 
all that the other Gospels have taught us about our Lord. Without faith, we cannot even start out, as it were, on the journey of knowing, loving, and serving God. And so it's very fitting that as we begin to once again recount the stories of our Lord's life throughout the Gospels of the year, we have come through his infancy and his early years, but now the very first lesson to learn from him is the need that we must have of a true and lively faith. Our Lord, in today's Gospel, as I mentioned, had just finished the Sermon on the Mount. He had just given his people a very clear outline of the doctrine that they were to follow and to believe if they would be members of his kingdom here on earth. And if they would follow our Lord and practice what he had just preached to them at the Sermon on the Mount, they would need faith in him in an effort, in an ability to increase this faith, our Lord found it the leper worthy of being cured. This man who could not approach him during the Sermon on the Mount because he could not go where the crowds were gathered, our Lord had mercy and compassion on him. He healed him, and he thereby gave that multitude that was beginning to follow him their first real good reason for having complete faith in him. Next, our Lord wanted to show those followers just how much faith they should have in him. Our Lord told the centurion who he next came across that he would go and heal his, ser his servant. Now this seems like it was just a natural thing to say, and it shows the love and compassion of the heart of our Lord that he would go without question. But there's another reason to why our Lord said, I will come and heal him. By the centurion saying, Lord, you do not need to come. You do not need to go that far out of your way. You have the power of healing. You have the power of heaven and earth in your hands. Say but the word and my servant will be healed. This was an amazing testament of faith coming from a man who was not a Jew, who was not a son of Abraham, coming from a man who the Jews and most of the followers of our Lord at the time would have seen as the least likely person to be on the path to heaven. This man showed that he had a greater faith than all of them by saying, Lord, you do not need to even come. Just say the word. I have so much faith in you that you are the Messiah, that you have this ability, that you are the Son of God, that I know all you have to do is say the word and my servant will be healed. Here was a man our Lord wanted his people to learn from. He was a Gentile. He was a hated Roman. He was actually a leader of the Roman armies, a centurion. And yet our Lord wanted his followers from the very first to see that if even a man like this could have such faith, how much faith should they have as well? By saying those words, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, say but the word and my servant shall be healed. This was meant to impress upon that multitude that the gospel today tells us 
was following our Lord, what type of faith they should have in our Lord in their own hearts. And we know that our Lord not only healed the servant, but he even showed marvel at this man's faith to bring out more for those around him just what was going on. How thankful we must be, my dear friends, in the world today when so few have a true faith in our Lord. How thankful we have to be when we think back on the last month worth of Gospels. We see the babe in the manger in front of us in our nativity scenes. We think of all the great joys that we experience and once again thinking of Christmas and all that our Lord did for us on that first Christmas night. And then we stop and realize that all of this would mean nothing to us without our Catholic faith. If God had not first given us the grace of the faith to believe in Him and all He has revealed, then the Christmas season, the wonderful events of the Gospel, would mean next to nothing to us. Faith then, as a holy priest has stated, is the dawn of the light of heaven. It is for us who have it a support of all our supernatural hopes. It's the doorway, so to speak, the foyer, so to speak, of heaven. We are not yet in heaven where we can see God face to face and know him even as we are known. But thanks to the gift of faith, there is much we already do know about him. We already know of his great goodness and mercy, his loving kindness, his ability to see past our faults and failings when we are repentant and to have that infinite love for us, that love which had him send his only begotten son to this earth to live, suffer, and die for our, for our salvation. What an amazing gift then is the virtue of faith. It is a wonderful free gift from God which he does not owe to any one of us, but which he gives to us freely. The Curie of ours has said that the precious gift of faith will be taken from us and given to others if we do not make a practical use of it. If then we do not take Sundays like this to reanimate our faith, to thank our Lord in a very special way for what he has done for us, then who knows how long that faith will last in our hearts. And this is what is so important for us. We must learn the lesson that our Lord wanted his followers in the gospel to learn today. How highly he praises faith and how much he will do, like curing the centurion's sick servant, how much he will do for those who show faith and belief in him. You know, it's sad sometimes in the world when we see how much the worldly will go into taking part in things that matter to them, that matter to their worldly desires, their worldly wants. Some years ago, I know it was quite impressive news that there was a video game console that was coming out. And some people were standing in line for hours and hours on end with $500 ready in hand to purchase this console as soon as the stores would open up. 
Over a million people, it was calculated in the country, stood in line waiting at least seven hours for their opportunity to have this piece of plastic that for most of them probably doesn't even work anymore. But for us, why do we come to church? Why do we say our rosary every single day? Why do we offer up the trials, the tribulations of our life? We do this because we have the faith. We are not going after a piece of plastic that will be here today and gone tomorrow. A passing whim or some fancy that several years from now we might not even remember we were interested we are going for an eternal crown of glory that our faith holds out to us, that our faith tells us exists for all eternity and awaits those who know, love, and serve God. Let us then thank Him each and every day of our lives. Let us go out of our way to show how much we appreciate the faith He has given us. In our chapel here, we have the first Friday devotions. Maybe it would take some extra sacrifice or some giving up of something of our own to come here and spend an hour with our Lord that first Friday. Or Thursday nights, maybe the distance is too great for us to come here actually to the chapel from 11 to midnight. But it is possible to take that time at our own homes and set it aside even if it takes setting an alarm clock and waking up for that hour, think to yourself, our Lord is at the convent, on His throne, there for that hour that He specifically asked for. It's 11 o'clock on a Thursday night. I know exactly where our Lord is. He's on His throne at the convent, at the seminary, and at our chapels where He is present. Let me unite an hour of prayer with him on this Thursday night. Or if you do not live at a great distance or your work schedule makes it something that you can do, come here to the chapel and show him that you appreciate the gift of your faith by spending that hour with him. It's not often that God comes from heaven to ask for something from his creatures. Our faith tells us that He has all things. And yet, nevertheless, He did come from heaven. And He didn't ask for great, grandiose things. He didn't ask for one half of our worldly payment or for half of our bank accounts. He didn't come like He did with Job and take half of our families or all of our families. He didn't ask for anything great or monumentous when He came as the Sacred Heart. He asked for very small favors, an hour on Thursday nights, a place in our hearts, and acts of reparation. Let the gift of faith tell us that He strongly wants these things and that we have to give them to Him if we expect to continue to be blessed in that faith and to know that if we do Give him what he wants, those hours of reparation, a life spent knowing, loving, and serving him. Then as the curie of ours said, we will be strong in faith despite any difficulties. We will persevere 
constantly and our faith will help us to behold in a certain manner God here on earth who we hope to see face to face forever in heaven. May Almighty God bless you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.